0: Just appreciate the Lord tonight. Bible says this, And again he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why doth this man speak the, thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye things in your heart, whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise, and take up thy bed, and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, he saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, and take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, Insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. Let's pray. Father, we come to you. I'm so glad to be here tonight, Lord. Thankful to be in this place. And Lord, I'm thankful for your word. I come to you. God, I need you to touch me tonight. Give me some unction to preach and help me, Lord, to effectively communicate the word of God. I want to help these people, Lord, but I can't do it without you. Lord, my heart desires to, but Lord, I know I need you touch. Help us tonight, we pray, for someone lost in here tonight. I pray they get born again. Lord, someone doesn't know you in pardon and forgiveness of sin. Lord, I pray they'd call on your name tonight. Lord, help us tonight as a church. Help us as an individual believer, Lord, to draw closer to you, live more for you. And we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, Amen. I'm going to preach on this thought tonight, and we'll get to it down in here, but I'm going to preach on this. You're going to walk home. Now, you'll, it'll make more sense in a minute, but just stay with me. Now, this, this passage of Scripture highlights many Different things, so many things uh, you so the main things you can see here is the miracles of jesus and and the miracles of Jesus testified to the truth of god 's word that 's what they were they were to testify that god 's word was true that 's why he did miracles and signs and things and and, and it 's listen it 's by the Word of God that people are saved, not the miracles, but the miracles were a testimony to that they, he, they, The Old Testament said he would come and he would Heal the blind and the sick and the lame. And when he came, what it was saying was the word of God is true. That's what it was doing. But uh, it talks about the deity of Jesus. They question whether he was God. They said, "Well, only God for- can forgive sins." And may I say, Jesus is God. He's a hundred percent man, a hundred percent God. And 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 then we find that another main thing we find here in these twelve verses is faith in Christ. And I I want to look mainly at the faith we see here and the impact of faith in Christ on how it impacted some in this uh, chapter. And, uh, the Bible teaches us some things about faith. The Bible says in Romans 10 and 17, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Our faith, in which we put in Jesus Christ, it comes from God's word. If you, When someone gets saved, they believe God's word, their faith comes from the word of God. And may I say, our faith grows from the word of God. As we get more and more into God's Word, our faith will grow. That's the source of faith. You want to have more faith? Guess what? Get in your Bible. That's what the Bible says right there. Another thing about faith, Ephesians 2.8.9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. May I say, faith is essential for salvation. You don't get saved without faith. That's what the Bible says. We put our faith in what Jesus did at Calvary on the finished work of his shed blood and his resurrection. We put our faith in what he's done for us. That's how you get saved. No works, no boasting. There's nothing we've done in it except trusting in what Jesus did at Calvary. Another thing about faith, Hebrews eleven six 6 says this. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. May I say, faith is essential to pleasing the Lord. You can't please God unless you are operating in faith in Jesus Christ. And faith in the word of God. And I want you to think about this for a second. In this account, we find the faith of four people that God used to impact another man that changed his life. And may I say, God wants to use us and use our faith to change this world. That's what he's given the church. You realize that when we get saved, if you read the Great Commission, he says, teach them, baptize them, teach them, and go out again. That's what's supposed to happen, multiplication. We are supposed to get people saved, and when they get saved, they're supposed to go out and share the gospel and have other people put faith in Christ. You realize that it's a multiplication, and God's put the church here and trusted us with the message. Listen, the message is not broken. It's still the gospel is the power of God. To salvation, we just gotta get it out to them. But I want you to notice this. I'm gonna preach down through this. This will be a little bit different, but stay with me. I'm just gonna preach down through this and, and and ask you some questions, some things to look at each verse, and 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 we'll just go down there. Verse number one. I want you to notice this. Keep in mind, faith. That's what I'm looking at here. And it said, and again, he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. Now. I read some commentators, they believe this to be Peter's house. And they base that on Mark chapter number 1 verse number 29 where it said they came to Andrew and Peter's house. And it possibly could be. And, and, and it's interesting to think about in a ways Capernaum. Capernaum in some ways was the home base for Jesus. It is the, is the place where he did a lot of his ministry. And you'll find that he did a lot of mighty things in this city. But this same city, which Jesus did all these mighty things, if you'll read Matthew eleven twenty three, Jesus told us that he had mighty works performed there, and he said if he would have done the things in uh, that he did in Capernaum in Sodom, that Sodom would have turned to God. We're talking about Sod- the Old Testament Sodom, I mean that we use and it's used as an example of the valus and the wickedness that you could come to. Jesus said if, this, if he would have done those things in Sodom, they would have turned to him. You think about Capernaum. You know what we find? And it was a condemnation when he said that. He was condemning uh, Capernaum. And may I say, this city saw the mighty works of Jesus, but they didn't put faith in him. But I'm glad in the midst of a place that was condemned because of their unbelief that there was still a house where Christ was centered. And the word of God was put as priority. May I say we live in perilous times. We live in a day where there is a lot of religious activity. For uh, They have the f- form of godliness. That's what, Listen, what that means is everybody's trying to act biblical but deny the power thereof. They don't want anything to do with Jesus. And we're in a world that's, that's, that's very religious in some ways. And, 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 and what we find out is in the midst of the days we're living in, I'm going to ask you some questions here. Uh, there was still a house that, say, that was built around and centered around Jesus. Hey, the word of God was still dispersed. It said it was noise. And I thought about this, meaning that that word noise means it was spread by report. People were talking about Jesus being in this house. So just some applications from this verse here. I want to ask you, is Christ the center of your home? Is the word of God being dispersed in your home? We find this house, it may have been Peter's, it may have not been, I don't know for sure. But here's what I know about this house. He was in the middle of it and they were were preaching the word of God. It had liberty. It had uh, uh, promotion. They were putting out God's word. The question is, is the word of God being dispersed in your house? May I say something to you? If it's not, it's going to be hard to live by faith in your home. We're talking about faith here. Think about this. What would be said about our homes? What would the noise be about the Scarberry residents? This is a question to myself. If people could... Clearly, they found out that Jesus was there. And, and, and they found out he was preaching the word of God. And it was noise that he showed up. I just wonder, I don't, I don't, I don't, let me say this. I don't live by what people think of me. Okay? But I want to say something to you. There is some witness that comes with this. I want people to know that we serve the Lord. Okay? But, but, but I think about what, what would they be saying about our homes? What would they say about my house? What would they be noising about down there? good question to ask ourselves think about this go to verse number two I told you that's three questions right there I got some more and straightway many were gathered together I like it says in so much it's all together that's my kind of English right there in so much that there was no room to receive them no not so much as about the door and he preached the word unto him you say what what's going on here well Jesus is in the house He's he's preaching the word of God. And this this means the house was so full, you couldn't get in the door. I mean, they came to the door, but I mean, people were in front of the door. You could not get into the house through the door. It was so full of people. That's what what it was saying. And and they were all centered around it. And I thought about this for a second. The house was full and they were centered around Christ and his word. Here's another question for you. Is our fellowship centered around Christ and his word? Is where we go and what we do scripturally centered around that? It's a good question. They all came because he was there. They came to, I don't know what all the reason they came, but they were all in fellowship and he was the center of what was going on. Is our fellowship that way? Are we centering our life around God's Word? Well, we we come in here, and let me say, there is an expectation, and you better hold to the standard that you expect the Bible to be preached here rightly divided. You ever lose your standard, you'll lose it from the pulpit. You better expect, you better demand that the Bible, I mean, don't expect anything less than rightly divided Bible preaching with the unction and power of the Holy Ghost. Don't care who the preacher is in here. If they get off the things, you better get them out the door. let me ask this question we expect it here but what about out there are we centering our life around the scriptures that's what they did they all came around the word of God outside of this place these are just thoughts for you I'm almost halfway done y'all just stay with me but I know you're with me I can tell that verse number three and they come unto him, bringing one sick of palsy, which was born of four. Now, in verse 3, we're told of five people. One of them, I know, was a man because they called him a son. The other ones, it doesn't specify. I can make the assumption they're a man, but for this sake, I'm just going to say he was carried by four others. Okay? It doesn't specify to me. Here's what I want you to know. They were not in the house. They were outside of the house. Yet they were exercising their faith outside of the house. Are you exercising your faith outside of the walls of the house of God? They weren't in there where he was. They were on the outside. But their faith was still living on the outside. Let me ask you a question. Is your faith alive outside the walls of the house of God? It better be. Faith without works is dead. Paul and James don't contradict themselves. James was saying, listen, if you have faith and it don't have no works, if nothing follows it, you ain't got saving faith to start with. And Paul was saying, listen, you'll know my faith by my works. Paul was saying, listen, hey, when you got a saving faith, there'll be something that follows that. There'll be fruit that follows that. They don't contradict themselves. They're right in line with one another. They hit it from both sides of the thing. But I want you to think about this for a second. Are you exercising your faith outside of this place? Are we, Roxalana Gospel Tabernacle here in Dunbar, West Virginia, are we as a church living our faith outside of the walls of this building God gave us here? That's a good question. Let me think about this. I don't know what time of the day this was. Give me a little bit of liberty, and I'm not taking anything from the text. I don't know what day of the week this was. I don't know what time of the day it was. I don't know if it was morning. I don't know if it was noon. I was at night. I don't know a lot of things, but I'm assuming that all these men had jobs. They had families. They had homes. They had something like this. But notice when we find them, we find them that their faith is altering their life. Is your faith altering your life? What I'm saying is, is because of what you believe, change the way you behave, changes where you go, what you're doing. Now, I don't know what they, I don't know what time of the day. I don't know. Maybe they called off work, said I can't come in today. I got another job to do. Got something to do for the Lord. I don't I don't know. But I'm just saying. When I look at this thing, what I'm saying is, they they just wasn't sitting around all the time. I don't think. If I take a little bit of liberty there, I believe that that it altered them to the place that it changed them change their life, can I say something to you? Our faith in Christ ought to change our lives. If we're going to expect it to change someone else's life and be a help in there, it better get ours first. There better be a, an alteration by the Scriptures, by the Word of God. And, and notice this, everything is around here is, is born because of their faith in Jesus Christ. May I say that's the center of your life. That then you don't just uh, uh, fill the pieces in around and fit him in no he, he's the primary place and then everything else fits in around him and if you don't have it that way you got it out of order but is, our, is your faith in Jesus Christ altering the way you live now let's think about this these four were carrying a man to the Lord Jesus now I don't know how much he weighed, I don't know how big he was, I don't know, I don't know some specifics about him, I don't I don't know these things, but here's what I know. Because they had was bearing him, they were bearing a weight. They were carrying a burden. Let me ask you a question. Are you carrying a burden for the lost? This was a lost man. Because until we get down to verse number five, he'd never been saved. He was a lost man. They were carrying a burden. Literally, physically, I mean, this literally, physically, they were carrying this man. There was some weight there. He might have weighed, I don't know, I don't know how much he weighed. It, four of them carried it. I don't know if four of them made it easier. Four of them is, was just the bare minimum to get the job done, but they carried a man. If you've ever Paul bared or anything like that, it, it doesn't matter if it's a, a small person or whatever. Let me say something to you. Dead weight's heavy. It's heavy. But they were literally bearing a weight. For a lost man. Now he was known by one that was sick of palsy, but he had a greater disease than that. He was lost. Let me ask this question. Are you carrying a burden for the lost? If we aren't, who is? If our faith if our faith isn't who who is? The world's not going to. We can't count on someone else. There's a lot of places. I look. Out. I can't count over and say, "Well, well, Tom's going to do it." Now God's called me to do it, just like He's called Tom. We can't look over and say, "Well, the church across the tracks will get it done," or "the church down the road, a the church down." We'll let them. We'll let them reach him. No, 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 no. We've been called to do that. Do we feel the weight of it? We're carrying the burden of it. That's what they were doing. They were carrying a lost man, carrying the weight of a lost man. So my question to you. Are you carrying a burden for the lost? Think about this. Not only were they carrying a burden, but they were carrying this man to Jesus. They weren't just carrying him around trying to figure out something. They knew where they were going with him. May I say they had the right direction. They still had to get him there and do the work to get him there, but, but they knew where they were going. We're not floating around aimlessly wondering, trying to figure this thing out. No, our purpose here as a church is to bring men to Christ and to build Christ in men. We got a clear purpose. But I think about this. Are we bringing people to the place where they can find Jesus? This has got multiple answers. Where can they find Jesus? Are we bringing people to his word? Are we individually and we collectively as a group Are we bringing people to the place where they can find Jesus? They're going to find Jesus in the Word of God. That's a good question. They were bringing him to Jesus. Are we bringing him to a place like that? Are we bringing him? Are we bringing people to his house? This is a good place to figure out how to be saved. It's a good place to find out. Hey, that Christ died for your sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried on the third day, rose again according to the scriptures. That is the gospel. This is a good place to find that out. Are we bringing people to a place where they can find him? They weren't just carrying him around, wandering around Israel. They were carrying him to a particular person, to a particular place, to meet a particular need. That's how we are. Are we carrying, I think about this, are we carrying others to Jesus in prayer? Now there's people we know that, that's not here tonight. People we know that's lost. Let me ask you a question. Are you carrying them over to the throne of grace? Are we interceding? Are we standing in the way like uh, like Abraham did when God was on his way down to Sodom and he got, got in front of God and said, Hold on a second. Lord, what if there's 50 in the city? You won't destroy that city, will you? 45 40 got him all the way down they didn't even have 10 people in the city if I can remember it correctly I haven't looked at it in a while but he got in the way and said hey what, what would you say this can I say are we getting in the way and carrying others to Jesus in prayer greatest thing you and I can do we can't get into certain homes you know what there's people in this city oh, I'll never forget we, we, were, we were hanging doors door hangers down here and these two guys were in the yard driveway and they were talking and they said they said that day i just i had on i think me and steve were the ones out and I, that day i just had on a, i just wear a polo and my pants and i and a, and i didn't i didn't look like this okay i didn't i don't wear a suit and tie out there and he said the only reason we talked to you is because you you didn't look like it because i didn't look a mormon that's what he was worried about i didn't have my name tag on and stuff and, and, and may I say, they wouldn't even have talked to me had I had a, an appearance of looking like I was a Mormon. That's what he said. And I think about that. There's places we can't get in in this city. We have one door hanger that didn't get in the house It ended up down there ripped up a bunch of pieces. But can I say something to you? We can still get in. You say, how? We may not get in there. But we serve a God in heaven that can reach down into these situations. Get down in there and pray for people that need him. People that may not want Him, but they need Him. People that don't understand what it means to be saved, don't understand the things about these life. Let me say something to you. That's how you got in. Somebody was praying for you and reached Hey, God was speaking down into your heart and your lost condition. Hey, they may not got into your home or anything else, but the Holy Spirit can deal with them. Are we carrying the people in prayer to Jesus? Verse number four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of palsy lay. Now I'm going to wait a second because I'm, I'm feeling happy on this one for just a second. But i got some questions before I get there. I want you to see what I, what I think I see here. So these four men brought the sick of palsy to the house where Jesus was and here's what they found out. They could not get in due to all the people. But notice this. They continued to seek the Lord. Question number one. Are we seeking the Lord the way these four sought the Lord? If I showed up and the door was closed and I can't get in I said, well buddy you figure out how to get home. We brought you here. No, 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 that's not what they did. It doesn't say they didn't show up and they just quit. They just gave up. No, they they, they got up, they climbed a little bit higher. They continued to seek where they could get, get to him. Are we seeking the Lord like that in our relationship? It's a good question. Think about this. i like this part too we never hear one complaint of whoever owned this house did not complain that his roof got ripped off now i'm going to say this i am not advocating if someone doesn't answer the door and we go door knocking do not get on their roof and start tearing their shingles off that's not what i'm saying but you think about this they kept seeking god so we got to get to it they didn't let so can i say something to you? we got to remember we're in spiritual warfare the devil's not gonna say, well, you just go on in and tell them about Jesus. Just go right on in. Let them know that Christ died for their sins. We'll, 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 I, the devil ain't gonna go over and say, Well, we'll keep the kids busy and everything else. You just you just witness the gospel to it. It don't work that way. Nah. You start doing stuff like that. I mean, people they ain't talked to in 15 years show up in the driveway, phone ring. I mean, you talk about it. I'm talking about it. the devil will do things to distract. We're in a warfare. So we got to expect sometimes we're going to show up and we, they may have thought, I don't know what they thought. They knew he was there probably because they picked him up and they found where he was at. They may have thought, we'll just walk right in. I wish it was that way. Don't always work like that. But they kept going on. They said, we're not going to settle for less than finding him. That's how we ought to be in our walk with the Lord. So they broke his roof off. And they let the man down to where Jesus was. Now here's what I'm going to say something to you. Are there things between you and your relationship with Jesus that need to be broken up? They couldn't get him down to where they needed to be until they broke some things off. It's a good question. Now I'm not even, take this right here. I'm not talking about sinful things. That's already wrong. I'm, talking about, I'm not talking about things that we already know that's wrong. That's not what I'm talking about. If you know there's sin in your life, you ought to be getting broken out right now, repenting and forsaking it. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about are there things in your life that are keeping you from getting to him? That's a good question. Is there something that needs to be broken off? That's a good question. Think about this. These men could have said, well, we can't get in. We've tried. But they purposed to bring this man to Jesus. And We're going to find obstacles and circumstances and hindrances. But how purposed are we to bring people to Jesus? Like that is a, that is a one, that's the work of the church. That's what we're called to do. But that's not a work. If we don't have purpose in that, we don't accidentally feel like it's just—it's just not gonna happen. Like it's got to be a work that's got to be intentional, and we gotta stay with it. If we—if we—if we quit every time someone said no, we'd stop going out. Somebody's knocked on doors. You've knocked on doors. How many times has someone said no? We're not interested. If if we'd have quit there, we'd have never win again, would we? We're going to run into circumstances. We're going to run into all kinds of things. But how purposed are we to bring people to Jesus? People's going to, people's going to not be interested. People's going to say no. But that don't mean we've got to stop. They were purposed. What I'm saying is they said, we ain't finishing this thing till we get him to Jesus. That's the way we ought to be. And we're not going to win the world. We ought, to, we ought to try like we're going to. We ought to try that way. Think about this. How purposed are we to get them to hear the word of God? What are we doing to get the Bible out to people? It's a good question. I mean, not just here. I mean, we're, we're, we're here tonight. We're, we, we're preaching. It's this morning. There was Sunday school. There was classes. Wednesday night we have that. But what are we doing to get the scripture to people? I'm going to bring it down to a little bit more at home level what are you doing to get the Bible to people that's what what we find here may I say something to you you know what saved this man it was the word of God Jesus didn't touch him I don't read it just said son thy sins be forgiven rise it was God's word how purposed are we of getting the word of God out that's a good question Think about this, what in our lives get in in our way that keeps us from bringing people to him? There was people, there was a roof, there may be people, there may be a roof, there may be material items, there may be relationships, there may be associations. What keeps us from bringing people to him? That's a good question. Here's what I want you to think about. Verse number five. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. This man was saved. Now I want to tell you two things to notice here first. When he got to Jesus, let me say something to you. A lot of people that come here have other needs. But I want you to notice he met his most important need first. This man was known because he had palsy and he was sick and he couldn't move. But you know what, more importantly, he was lost. And now Jesus took care of his spiritual needs. Can I say something to you? We ought to prioritize helping people spiritually above over the other means. Now, that don't mean that we don't help them out of the way. So don't, don't take me the wrong way. I'm for every single thing we can do to help this community. But if we don't help this community get to Jesus, we've missed our purpose in this community. There's a lot of organizations that do good things, but they don't have the gospel of Jesus Christ that can change people's today and their forever. We got a message that can change their life, change their eternities, change their families, change all about them. It's done it in your life. Stay excited about what Jesus has done for you. It's an amazing thing. It's a miracle that you and I are even saved. That's an amazing thing. But he, he took care of the spiritual need before the physical need. That man may not know, may have had no idea that he was going to meet. He, I don't know what he knew. But when he got there, Jesus knew he needed him first. If if he'd have never healed him, let me say something to you. He'd have been better off, hey, listen, he'd have been better off saved and not been able to walk the rest of his life than he was if he would have been able to walk and never got saved. Helped him spiritually. We've got to focus on that. And I believe we are, so don't take me the wrong way. But we can't lose our focus. But think about this. Their belief and I want you to notice this, this. Their faith is highlighted here. Their belief in the Lord Jesus Christ played a role in this man's salvation. Now, they did not save this man. Okay, Jesus did that. But their faith in Jesus Christ moved them and God used them to bring this man to Christ. That's what God wants to do with us. Use us to bring men to Christ. In 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, you'll find where he says we're ambassadors for Christ. We're in the stead of Christ. That doesn't mean in the sense that there's something other than Jesus. What he's saying is we are to bring people to Jesus. That's what we're called to do. That's what the church and us as believers, not just preachers, but all of us. And I want you to think about this. Their faith made a difference that someone got saved. We should desire that about our faith. But here's what I want you to get. This will get back to my title. I don't know that this happened, but I wonder, and I even put this in my notes. You know I wonder if Jesus saw this in their faith. It does not say they went into the house. It said that they let down the bed wherein the sick of Palsy laid. They just let the bed down. I wonder if they believe they didn't even need to get in the house because they knew if they could get him to Jesus, he could walk home. I read through the 12 verses, and you can read and check me, but I don't see anywhere it says they ever got in. It just said they laid him down in. I want to live in such a way, to have such a faith in God, that the way I live... You know, I, I don't know if they had this conversation, but they may have just come by. They, I don't know how they knew this person. I mean, it could have been someone they just saw on the side of the road, someone that was begging. I don't know what, what motivated them in a sense of, uh, I'm sure it was because they loved the Lord. I don't know how their relationship with this man, but I'm wondering on the way there if they said, Listen, buddy, hey, we'll get you to him. You can walk the rest of the way back. That's what I'm wondering. And I mean, they were, they, they were carrying the weight. I have no idea how far they came. We, you and I don't know. There's some things we don't know. But they were carrying a man that was dead weight. And they said, listen, they, maybe they were so motivated they didn't want to carry him around anymore. I don't know. But they weren't leaving until they got him to Jesus. But they knew if they could get him there, he could carry his own self back. He could get his own self back. Hey, friends, if you and I can just get him to Jesus, he can beat the need. He can save the soul. He can work in them situations. I mean, hey, stuff comes to preachers and pastors about situations in life, and it's it's not that wrong that you tell us you want us to pray for, we want to, but there's things that come to me, and I can't help you. Don't get mad at it. Listen to me. I know I can't help you. I'm glad to take it in, but I know the one who can help you. I've learned some things Tom, I'm wise enough to know this there's a lot of things I don't know what to do about but I know one who can and I'm telling you friends, listen to me if we'll bring people to Jesus, if we'll just guide them to Jesus what we'll find is he can meet the needs in their life we can do all, listen, you can see a great picture of the church here so to speak, carrying them. We ought to do, we ought to do our part. We ought to do. These men had a part in this man's salvation. But they knew they couldn't save him. They knew they couldn't fix the problem. But they knew the one who could. You know what we are? We're a lighthouse in Dunbar. Uh, You and I, listen, I don't know how there's situations, there's things that come, uh, people have in their lives that I can't fix, Judy, I can't do anything about. But I know the one who can meet the need. I know the one that's got the answer. We ought to bring people to Christ. But I want to have faith enough to let them know if we get them to him, they can carry their own bed home. I mean, that's what I feel like these guys talked about. That's why I told you it would make sense in my title. I believe that they had that conversation. Buddy, listen. Who wonder when they got up to the door, of the house and it was full. And they thought they were going to walk in. Nobody getting out of the way. Do you, you all realize we're carrying this man? Nobody moved. The house was full. Nobody come out. Nobody volunteered to open up the doorway. They always wanting to hear the word. You think, almost brought them to Jesus. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be a church that almost Almost does what God wants us to do. Almost is, might be good in some things, but when we're talking about eternal destinations, almost don't cut it. I want to finish rail. I want to finish the job. We as a church, I, we don't know how much time we got left. We got to make sure, hey, we're, we'll go all the way to the end. Stay faithful to the end. That's how I want to live. I want to live faithful to the end. But think about that. I don't know that Jesus saw that in their face. But I wonder if they didn't have that conversation. When they were laying him down, they knew they wasn't going to have to bring that rope back up. They knew that he wasn't going to have to hey, hold that bed. They may carry another bed, but it wasn't going to be that man's. I'm talking about hey, that's the kind of Savior that we serve. Hey, listen, he can save people, and that's what he takes care of. He, he saves the soul. Then he heals. I'm not saying God's going to heal everybody that comes in here that's got a sickness. That, that, that don't work all that way. But let me say something to you. Hey, here's grace for it. Oh, I can, hey, I can shout all over the place for grace of God. I prayed for things to go. Paul prayed for things to go away. I prayed for God to heal something. And I found out, Tom, in a sense... There's times he don't heal things, but here's what I found out. I can relive and rely on him every day to help me through that. So either way, it meets the need. Try living without God's grace. I wouldn't want to think about it. Verse number 12. This is where it gets shouting her out in this place right here. Still got some more questions, but think about this. Now the scribes and Pharisees were there, Isn't it' amazing that there's men operating by faith, and then there's a bunch of religious men in here that's that's questioning all kinds of things, and and, and they didn't believe. They, though they had, they were religious, but they never had faith in Christ. Here they, you you'd have thought they would have said, "Hey, you here? Let me in the door." I'd have thought if. It, If if you'd have flip-flop this situation and somehow this man got there and these men that had faith were standing in the door, they probably would have just said, get this guy in here. Faith in Jesus Christ, you know what that does? It makes us want to move people to Christ. But we find here in these couple verses, they question his deity and and he said, well, okay, well, is it easy for me to say forgive sins or just take up thy bed and walk? And he said, I already forgive me of his sins. So then he says, hey, I say unto thee, arise, take up thy bed and go thy way into thy house. Jesus showed him his power. Another miracle, testimony to the word of God. He said, I am who I am. That's what he was doing here. The Jews require a sign. Look at verse 12. When he said, arise, take up thy bed, and go thy way. Look at the word here. Mark such a a book of action. It says, and immediately. I don't know how long he'd been that way, how long he'd been stuck down, but I'm talking about right then and right there, he got up. And he arose and he took his bed and he went forth before them all. They couldn't find a way to get him in, but bless God, he found a way out to tell other people. Here's some questions to you. The faith of these four in Jesus Christ helped alter the walk of another person. Is your faith in Christ helping alter the walk of others in the will of God? Think about that. They didn't save him. They didn't change him. But their faith, God used them because of their faith in him. Used them to bring this man to Christ. And it literally changed his walk. He was not walking with the Lord. But now he is. And I mean, doing it quickly. I mean, think about this. These people were amazed. And and it's an amazing thing. We, we, don't lose the wonder of who we're serving. Don't, don't, I mean, let me say, if you are not careful, you, I mean, there's some wonder in this thing. I mean, when God does something miraculous, we ought to praise God for it. When God does a work in your life, whether it be real small, whether it be real big, we, I mean, there ought to be some, thank God, I mean, it ought to bring some wonder in our hearts. They were amazed. And, and rightly so. I mean, here's a guy that, that they carried in and let down in the roof and he just got up and ran home. I, there's something crazy, amazing about this situation. And he got the touch of God. That was the difference. He spoke his word. But think about this. They were amazed at what Jesus had done and it caused them to glorify God. Are we living in such a way that it brings glory to God? That's a good question. And lastly, my last question. Is our faith helping cause others to glorify God? Now notice, this thing's all about Jesus right here. These men played a part, but they didn't save the man. They didn't stand the man back up. They didn't send the man on his way. But they had a part in what was going on. And the way that they lived, what happened is their part in this, when this man got saved, it caused other people to start praising God. Does the way we live pull other people in? I'm gonna end on this. I, I'll never forget this for as long as I live. David Gibbs, y'all probably heard him. Just great man of God. He, he's the the Christian Law Association. He's the uh, one of the attorneys up there. I don't know if he founded it. He might have done, founded it, but great man of God. He tells this story one time. He was he was in this church and. Uh, he he was preaching in this church and and he'd never never been there before he's by himself and he came in and and he sat beside this lady and i mean he sat in there and and the lady come in and she sat down beside him and and uh and she said now she said are you the preacher and he said he said yeah she said do you got the stuff and he said well he's like i didn't know what to say yeah i got the stuff And he's like what do you say you know he's like And she said, well, now scoot over because I need my rooms. And he said, as he said in that service, he watched this lady worship God. And he said her worship pulled him in. Her genuine worship of the Lord moved him and pulled him into worship. And he, he got up in the pulpit to preach and the pastor said, you know, you sat beside so-and-so. Did she tell you anything? He said no. And, and and turns out this lady, her husband and her son were at the bus stop one morning, and a gang-related thing come by, and they shot her husband and son in the head. And she had been diagnosed with cancer, had cancer at the moment he was there. He knew none of this. Until after the fact, and I'll never forget what he said. He said, Her passion to worship the Lord pulled me in. Does the way that I live and trust in the Lord make other one of people want to live for the Lord? I want to live that way. I'm not saying that it does. I want to live that way. I want to live in such a way that the way that I live causes other people to glorify God. That's the way that I want to live. I want my faith to have such a thing that someone else will lift up the name of Jesus. We ought to want want God to use us. That ought to be for the child of God. We ought to want to say, God, I want you to use me. We ought to want to live that way. Because God used us. Not that we're anything. He can use anything. But we should want him to use us. But that the way that we live, our faith like these men here, played a part in this man's salvation. That ultimately ended in them shouting the house down and glorifying God. Probably going back to their homes, to their families and saying, you'll never believe this. Someone probably said that about you when you got saved. You'll never believe this. So-and-so got saved. So-and-so got born again. So and so, hey, I mean, there's people that you'd hear stories and, 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 and I think about these things and, and they say, well, what happened to you? Somebody brought them to Jesus. He's the difference, friends. He's the difference. And as we look here in this chapter, our faith in God's Word and in the Son of God, He can use us to help bring glory to Him. That's what He wants to do. As we stand tonight, let's stand.